Are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply? Then you, lovely person, are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Welcome back and if it's your first visit, welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's really great to have you here. Now, today I want to talk to you about something that is so fundamental when it comes to running your practice, but it's something that's very often missed. And it's so fundamental, it's actually covered in the foundations course in the Grow Your Private Practice Club that's all about getting off to the best possible start that you can. So I want you to see if you can imagine this. I've had too many nights of Maltesers and Netflix and I feel a bit fluggish and strangely all my clothes seem to have shrunk in the wash too. (laughs) So I've decided to hire a personal trainer. Now I know that I'm in safe hands because they've trained for years and they have a wall stuffed full of qualifications to prove it and they have a six-week program, six weeks to a trimmer bod, And they know all the best and most efficient and up-to-date methods around to help me to lose some weight and get in shape. And they motivate you with an interesting mix of something between sergeant major and cheerleader. So off I go to see this personal trainer and they're highly qualified, highly experienced, extremely passionate, passionate and dedicated to what they do. And they're able to teach me and guide me and motivate me, which is brilliant. So they spend an hour a week putting me through my paces and they devise a 10 minute sequence of exercise that I can do at home twice a day, morning and evening. Here's the thing. I have to do the work myself. They can't do it for me. So if some days I go home and I do the exercises, that's great. But then some days I just can't be bothered. So after the six weeks are up, what happens if I didn't get the results that I wanted? Do I blame the trainer? Well, no, (laughs) I don't blame the trainer because ultimately if I'd done everything the trainer had said, then things would be different. But if I didn't do that work, then it's down to me, not them. Their program works, but only if I actually get off my backside and do it. Now, if I didn't get the results, should that trainer stop advertising that people can get results in six weeks? Well, I think no, because ultimately it's totally possible to get those results after six weeks. And this is important for two different reasons. The first reason is if therapy doesn't work for some clients, that's no reflection on your skills as a therapist. If you allow it to become about you personally, you're likely to lose confidence in your abilities and that's going to have a detrimental effect on you and your self-worth. And number two, if you lose confidence as a therapist and imposter syndrome starts to hit you, you'll lose your ability to market your practice. You'll lose your ability to feel confident enough to go out there and talk a little bit about what you do and how you help people. 
because you have to believe that you're able to help your clients and to help them to get where they want to be because otherwise it's very difficult to get out there and let people know that you're there and available just to let you know (laughs) there's only half of that story is true the true bit is that I have been sitting and watching quite a lot of Netflix and eating quite a lot of Maltesers but I've not used a personal trainer that's not my style at all I just walk my dog far easier so the thing is that people want a solution to their problem and when it comes to running a private practice and attracting clients we have to let potential clients know that we can help them we have to let them know that they can expect to feel more comfortable asking for the needs to be met or to be able to say no to unwanted requests or to feel less anxious in social situations or maybe sleep better or maybe they might stop self-harming or they might stop being haunted by guilt and shame or they might be able to drop some coping mechanisms that are no longer helping them. And we need to let them know that we can help them with that because why would somebody want to embark on expensive counselling if there's some nothing there letting them know that this is going to work for them or that this could work for them, why would they start if they have no end point in mind? And the truth is, as a client, they might not know exactly what they want. And at the beginning, they might not even believe it's possible, which is why we have to help people with this. And I've devised something that's called the empathy exercise. And I talk about this, obviously, back in the Grey Private Practice Club in the Foundations course. It's kind of central to everything that we do. So the empathy exercise, it's it's a really simple but powerful exercise, which I, I suggest you try it. And what we basically do is we put ourselves in the client's shoes and we do this in two ways. First of all, we'll put ourselves in the client's shoes in the present. So what's happening for them at the moment? And this is going to help us to understand all the current issues and problems and worries that they have. So we do an exercise and go through the whole day. So we'd start off, so you're the client, so you you are the client, you're thinking, how am I going to feel if this is me? How do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Do you feel excited, ready to start the day? Do you feel tired because you've not slept all night? Do you feel a sense of dread because you can, you know, you know what the day's likely to be? What's your breakfast like? You know, is it very noisy because you've got kids and everybody's shouting? Is it very quiet and you feel very lonely? I won't go through the whole thing because it can take, it doesn't take a long time, but if you're going to do it well, it takes you, you know, you need 10 minutes or so to really go through it. But what you're basically doing is you're looking at how that day is for somebody. So just simple things like if you go to work, what's happening on the drive into work? Are you happily listening to the radio? Are you sitting on a tube listening to a podcast or reading a book? Or are you feeling more and more anxious because of the day ahead? And similarly, when you finish your day, do you feel really happy because you're going home? Or is there a sense of dread that you're going home? Or a sense of foreboding because you're going to feel bored or lonely? So the empathy exercise firstly starts you to walk through a day in the life of that person to identify their fears, their worries, their problems, the things they're struggling with. And then what we do is we go through that again 
from the point of view of that same client, but after they've reached the best possible outcome with counselling. So if they imagine they've been coming to you for counselling and it's their very last session and everything's gone really, really well, it's one of those perfect clients that every now and again we get, what would be different for them? What would they be able to be, do or have that's different for them? So you do that same empathy exercise and you'd think, right, well, when they wake up, how do they feel? They might not feel that sense of foreboding. So they might feel quite excited about the day. They might feel peaceful. They might feel um, fulfilled. They might feel excited. And you'd go through the whole day of looking at, right, okay, what are the, what are the differences and, and how are they feeling? What are the positive differences? And what we can then do is we can use that information to help to connect with those types of clients in the marketing that we do. So we will know from using the empathy exercise, the type of issues that they'll be interested in reading about in a blog or the type of things that they might be interested in using, you know, reading on social media. So social media posts that might help them the most. And we will know the sorts of things we want to put on our website or on our directory entry. And we use both sides of the coin. So partly we'll be talking about the issues and problems that currently having. So if you've been feeling anxious, here's a really simple tip for you for social media, for example. Or you could come at it from the other way around of a social media post, maybe that's talking about how life, how it feels easy to, for example, just walk into a cafe and meet a friend rather than feel really anxious about it. And you can talk about something like that in your social media post to let them know that it can be different. And this is really golden. It really, really is. Because we often know things or people generally know things on a head level, but it's the heart level that's a bit more difficult. So an example of this would be, we all know that it's okay to say no, don't we? Everybody knows that. So a social media post with a quote that says, it's okay to say no, it's kind of okay, but it's a bit, well, it's a little bit boring. It's not earth shattering and it's not really teaching some people something new. What would be more useful is giving them an idea of a little thing they could do differently that makes helps them to, to say no. So for example, you could put a social media post out there that says five ways to say no without actually saying no. I mean, that's going to make people stop and take a look because you've taken a closer look at what that issue is. So this person can't say no. And you've really thought about why that person can't say no. And you've found a solution that is going to help them. And that is, right, it's hard to just say no. So what about you say no without using the word no? So you might say something like, that sounds really exciting. Well, that sounds really interesting. Thank you for inviting me, but I'm not going to be available to do that this time or some, something like that. But you, you get the picture. That's the sort of thing that people will, will be able to take something from. Does that kind of make sense? I hope so. So it's about the more we can get to know the client the issues they have, the problems they have, and their hopes and dreams, the more that we can then connect with them and let them know that we understand them and we know what it is that they want.
So if we go right back to the beginning of the, po- of the podcast, I was talking about how difficult it is to, to say that you can help your clients with various different things. Now, it's really hard when we've got somebody with us that's in pain, because of course, we want to help them to make that pain go away. But you're not responsible for your clients. Let's just Let's just look at this. I want to invite you to really reflect on what our responsibility is when we're working with clients. Because for me, I believe that it's your responsibility to sit with your client, to listen to them, to counsel them, to be the best therapist that you can be, to be able to hold space for them, to be there for them, to understand them, to give them that empathy and, you know, unconditional positive regard. But we can only take a certain amount of responsibility because what they do with that is down to them. So you can be the best counsellor in the world, but if that client finds that the process is too hard and they end the work early, and if they find that it's easier to stay with the familiar for the time being, the make a change that feels impossible, You can't do anything about that. For some, the time simply isn't right and they don't have the emotional space to fully engage in the process. And we don't always, do we? Sometimes our lives are a bit busy and we just don't have the space that we need to just devote to to the counselling process. Maybe looking closely at their life is just too overwhelming. But this is the important thing. That isn't a reflection of you as a therapist. Now, you may have a little voice in your head that's saying, but Jane, what if it is me? And that might be sparking all your own insecurities up that might bring us to that ultimate, am I a good enough counsellor? Or even, even more ultimate, am I good enough? But look, even Carl Rogers would struggle to work with someone that's not ready for change. And it's really important to to hold that, to embrace that, and to really understand that it doesn't matter. You could be the best counsellor ever, but if somebody's not ready for counselling, we can't do it. We can't help them. So this is something to really be aware of and to really work on, because there are people out there that need your help now more than ever. And if you don't let them know that you can help, that's not fair to them, and it's not fair to you. Now, I started this podcast talking about how a personal trainer who has a program that works is okay sharing that. If it doesn't work for a particular person, that doesn't mean that trainer's not good at their job. So if we think about how this translates to counselling, you can't advertise promising results. Of course you can't. That's not the way we work. You cannot and should not be promising things that you have no control over. But if you think of previous clients, what was different for them on the last session? What positive changes had they made, both practical and internal? So they felt better about what? What were they able to be, do or have as a result of the work that they'd done with you? Because these are the things that you can highlight and let potential clients know that you can help with. And this is really important. This is how you become the right choice for your ideal clients, because they can see that you understand 
the issues and problems that they have, that they that you understand what it is that they want, and that you can be there and available for them and friendly and warm and welcoming. Now, if you need more help with this, look, please don't struggle on your own. Don't waste time by trying to piece all these things together yourself. I know there's lots of free resources out there, and that's great. But how much time do you want to waste trying to <laughs> trying to learn this using this free resource and that free resource? We have step-by-step instructions in the club. We have this private practice success roadmap that's going to help you to take action on this, to get clear on your clients and their issues and their hopes and dreams. And then when you know that, you can be really clear on your website. You can be really clear in the blogs that you produce. You can be really clear on the social media and everything else that you do, that yes, you can help. So today we've looked at how it's important to understand the difference between saying you can help and taking responsibility for the client's outcomes. We've looked at how people are looking for a solution to their problems and never more so than at the moment and how you need to help people to make the decision to choose you just by helping them and sharing your warmth and some tips and ideas. I hope that's sort of helped you with this You don't have to put yourself out there and say, I can help you feel better. I can take these problems away because that's not ethical. That's not okay. But you can let people know that there is a solution and that you can help. Okay, so that's it for this week. It's been lovely talking to you. Now, the best places to find me are on Instagram. Just have a look for at Grow Your Private Practice, which is all lowercase, no spaces, or check me out on LinkedIn. So check out Jane Travis. And it would be really lovely if you came and said hi. That would be fantastic. Now, something else that would be really fantastic is if you contact me and let me know what sort of podcast would you like to hear? What sort of thing are you struggling with that you would like to hear a podcast on? I'd really be interested to know. So drop me an email. It's jane at janetravis.co.uk or drop me a DM at LinkedIn or Instagram. So have a fantastic week and don't forget to subscribe and I'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.